SpongeBob said that nobody wants to dance with the fool who ripped his pants. Well, I'm living proof that's not the case. Anyway, cue the drums. Welcome to A Patch of the Blue. I'm coming out hot right out of the gate today with the hard-hitting questions. The most important question I'm going to ask you the entirety of this show. Weddings. Are we pro or con wedding? Not like the concept of weddings. I mean like going to weddings. I got to go to my first wedding of my adult life. And let me tell you, I had a phenomenal time, but everyone around me is telling me like, once you go to one, then you go to 10, then they're all the same. You're going to stop loving them. I I don't know. Maybe it's just like beginner's luck type of thing. I loved this wedding. Thankfully, it was a family wedding. So I knew everybody there. I was on my A game. I was having a great old time. And my gosh, they had a perfect setup for their wedding. They got beautiful weather. It was my cousin's wedding. I can't even imagine a more perfect scenario for an amazing wedding. What a phenomenal day. But let me know. Are you guys pro con wedding? Do you guys like going to weddings? Have you been to a lot of weddings as an adult? Like where you can actually like enjoy the bar, just kind of hang around with your friends, family, do whatever you want to do. I thought it was a really fun time. I don't know about you guys. And like I was saying, it was a family wedding. So all bets are off when I'm with my family. I am in my purest form. They know me better than anybody else. I'm not afraid to hide anything when I'm around them. One thing then I'm not really afraid to hide around anybody anymore. When there's a dance floor, it calls my name. I don't care where we are. I am ready to go out on that dance floor and have a one-person Zumba class. If you want to join, you are more than welcome to join my own personal Zumba class. But by the time we're done on the dance floor, I'm about to be looking like Michael Phelps just hopped out of the Olympic pool. I don't care what I'm wearing. If I'm wearing a full suit and tie like I was to this wedding, I'm ready. Gone. It's done. All bets are off when I'm on the dance floor. I am footloose to the nth degree. Math term. Got to throw that in there. Oh my gosh. I am ready for the dance floor at all times. Back in my youth when I was in college, I was more of the reserve type. When there was a party and there was a little bit of space to move around, I was never the one to just go wiggle on in, try to make my move. Nope. I was very content just being in the corner, have no eyes on me. But then I realized, even if I was dancing, no eyes are going to be on me anyway. Nobody cares what you're doing. That's not a bad thing at all, but nobody's watching. Everyone's so concerned with themselves. They're looking around all the time being like, is anybody looking at me? Are my shoes looking good today? How's my shirt? Nobody cares. Do what you love to do, and I love to dance. I don't care. Who knows it? I love to dance. If you want to join me on the dance floor next time you see me out in public, if you're one of my friends and you're listening to this and be like, this dude loves to dance dance? What is he talking about? Yeah, I do. So next time we're on the dance floor, let's go. I'm ready to go at all times. This wedding, no exception to the rule. I saw the dance floor. It looked magnificent. So much room for activities out on this dance floor. And I gladly obliged. Nights off to a phenomenal start. We're about an hour, hour and a half into my own personal dance class. And I am riding with any type of rhythm that is being thrown around. I have another question for you guys that just popped into my head, but it's very important. Is there any song that's on your absolutely do not play at my wedding list? And I know songs about like divorce, breakups, probably you don't want that being played at your wedding. I'm talking about songs that are just like normal type of party songs, but maybe they're a bit overplayed or maybe they just don't get you going. There's some songs like that. And I was thinking about it. I have come up with my number one. It's a bit of an oldie, so might go over some people's heads, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Come on, Eileen. For even the first time I heard Come On Eileen, it wasn't like it swept me off my feet. I wasn't grooving with the rhythm to Come On Eileen. It's all right. But I hear it at so many parties at all different types of settings. 
not for me. It's on my do not play my wedding list. It's not a vibe for me personally. Let me know what you guys think. I want to know what's on your do not play my wedding list. I Maybe I'll compile a playlist for us all and we can put it out there and we can never listen to it. But where I'm going with this is I'm riding with the rhythm and all of a sudden, Jump Around comes on. Now, Jump Around is not a bad song by any means. I'm a fan, but it's just not what I was expecting at a wedding. It's more the type of song that I would expect to hear at like a football game or any other type of more frat party type of setting. Like, Jump Around, all the frat bros got it going on. But, like I said, I'm going to oblige with whatever the rhythm tells me to do. So, I'm all set to Jump Around. Jump Around... My boys, House of Pain. First of all, House of Pain. That's a very violent name for the band who wrote Jump Around. Are they a band? They're like a rap group, I think. House of Pain, if you're listening to me, you could have done something different. You could have been like House of Jump. Like Jump Around by House of Jump. Like House of House of Bounce. Bouncy House. Bouncy House. Why couldn't you guys just call yourselves bouncy house you don't have to keep it permanently this is genius you can steal this market oh my god write this down write this down if you're listening right change your name for one week house of pain make yourselves bouncy house people will go nuts it'll be like bouncy house road jump around oh my god i'm a marketing genius i should have majored in marketing in school what was i doing doing math you can steal that idea for free i'm sorry for the segue back on topic jump around rolling along and i am grooving and moving i got some space on the dance floor like i said so i'm obliging i'm jumping up and down hitting like the pogo stick type of movements and then i was like i'm going for it i'm going for some more show off hot dog type of moves out here on the dance floor i'm hitting the jump knee tucks i'm hitting the uh, front toe touch pikes and then i said to myself i'm going for the big dog i'm going for the legs fully out to the side parallel to the floor 180 degree lateral toe touch pike. I don't know if that's the name for it. That's the name I'm giving it. I think you know what I mean. And I went for it. Oh, I went for it. It's like uh, that ending move of Blades of Glory. I was slow motion going up into the air like a full gymnast. I have the height to be a gymnast. I just never was. That's a slight at me. Yes, I am that short. But nonetheless, I went for the jump. And in slow motion, I could hear the audience in my head. The uncle's going, oh, my gosh. He's going for it. My aunt's going, oh, my gosh. He's going for it. Nobody was watching. But I went for it nonetheless. And let me tell you, I hit that move. It was like I was 17 again, and I was still as flexible as I could be. I was 180 degrees, maybe even higher. And then I heard it. No, not the voices in my head. I heard the sound of the seams on the bottom of my pants absolutely shredding. Shredding. I knew it in midair. It's like when you crack your neck or you like crack your back and you don't just hear the noise. You like actually feel it and you're like, oh, that one felt good. This one didn't feel good at all. Nope. <laughs> it was my pants and I felt them just part. Oh, and I came back down and I stood like a wooden soldier. Luckily for me, I was in the section of the dance floor that had more space, so not too many people saw it in real time. But I did have to do a walk back to my chair to get my jacket to cover myself up and have some decency. And while I was doing that, I got to do like my Queen of England wave as everyone just kind of looked like... 
Yes, I was smiling and waving, smile and wave, boys, smile and wave, and then I wrapped my jacket around my waist, and I still had two hours of wedding left. And no, I did not sit down for the rest of the night. I did not hide in shame. I was still out there just kind of hitting like your normal swaying movements on the dance floor. No more jumps. I couldn't afford that. Um, Yeah, new pants, kind of expensive. Anyway, here is a picture for all my visual learners of what happened to my pants. First time wearing them. Gone way too soon. And this little side note is just for my cousins who I know have so many pictures of this. Please just go easy on me. I know, I know I've been a jokester over the years and now you have some material. Please go lightly. Okay, you don't have to go that lightly. I can handle it. But like, just pick and choose your places. I know there's so much because I was there. Anyway, over the past couple of shows, we've been talking a lot about breaking out of your comfort zone. We've also been associating this with the fear of failure, but another math term, because I always got to throw those in there, a derivative of failure is embarrassment. It's not always a result, but when there's fear, subsequently, sometimes you'll find embarrassment. It's again, that age old adage of what's the worst they could do? Say no. No, there's actually a lot worse. Not like life-threatening worse, but we're talking about there's the fear of getting told no, and then there's the embarrassment that comes with being told no. There are far too many external situations that can result in embarrassment. It's debt, taxes, and finding yourself embarrassed. Book it guaranteed till the end of time. But for every external action that we can't control, it's our internal reaction that creates the narrative. That right there is the difference between getting back up off the floor and finding yourself down at rock bottom. Just ask SpongeBob. He found himself down at rock bottom when he was just trying to get to Glove World and he could not catch the bus to save his life. Rock bottom was not a very fun place for him. He would definitely say two out of 10 stars do not recommend. We live in a world where we can overanalyze every single aspect of our lives. And if my English teacher can sit me down and say, Tommy, those curtains were blue in this piece of literature because the author has a very negative outlook on life and he can see nothing but sadness and he just can't see anything else but those curtains being blue. And I could just say, that's not right. He just likes the color blue. That's why they're blue. Then I can certainly overanalyze SpongeBob SquarePants. And that is exactly what we are going to do today. I know you guys are too intelligent once again. You turn on today's episode and you thought to yourselves, hmm, I just know. We're going to talk about SpongeBob today. Here we are. We've reached the midpoint of the show. You guys are too smart. I can't get anything past you guys. I love you guys so much. No, we will not be going over the rock bottom episode. You guys might be too intelligent again. If if you picked up on the context clues of our beginning little story, you would have indeed figured out, drum roll please, we will be going over season one, episode 8B of SpongeBob SquarePants, fittingly titled Rich Pants. I just want to place a little disclaimer in here. No, I am not a professionally trained voice actor, no matter how much you may think so, after you listen to this very well thought out, very well planned, dramatic reading of the synopsis of this absolute piece of cinematic history. You can hold your applause until the end. Thank you so much. Fade in. 
In this episode, we see how Larry the Lobster is trying to woo Sandy Cheeks. How is he trying to do so? Well, by lifting weights, of course. Larry the Lobster is lifting the entire crowd on the bleachers while SpongeBob is just trying to lift two marshmallows attached to a stick. The crowd is going crazy for Larry the Lobster, so SpongeBob feels the real urge to need to get this bar off the ground. So he clenches and he tries as hard as he can, and we hear shoop, his pants rip. The crowd begins to laugh, and he begins to feel embarrassed. And he walks away in shame until until he hears the voice of Sandy Cheeks say to him, Hey, SpongeBob, thank you so much for providing me with that really good laugh. I really needed that. SpongeBob is in shock, to which he says, Ah, oh my gosh, she liked that. I'm going to run with this. Side note, I looked up, if you're watching, I'm so sorry you had to see that, but I looked up that like the best way to do the SpongeBob laugh is to like tap your throat and just go like, ah, all right, I'll stop. I won't stop in the dramatic reading, but I'll stop for now. I'm sorry if you're watching. Anyway, SpongeBob continues to rip his pants every single place that he goes when he's going to get ice cream, when he's just going to the beach and people are starting to catch on a little bit that this might not be an accident anymore. The real icing on the cake comes at the surfing competition where Spongebob is mid-catching a wave and he decides to rip his pants. Much to the dismay of the crowd, we begin to hear, Boo! This guy stinks! People are starting to catch on that Spongebob might be a little bit too in on the joke. He's done it so much in desperation that the people are not having it anymore. And now Spongebob starts to feel like he might really be the biggest loser on the beach. But he finds out that indeed there are other people on this beach with him that feel that they are the biggest loser on this beach. He runs into someone who forgot to put on sunscreen and is all burnt. He runs into the person who has sand all over their buns. And he runs into the whale who has been buried in the sand all day and forgotten. They feel like they are the biggest loser on the beach. Once SpongeBob realizes he is not the biggest loser on this beach, he and his newfound friends rip off the absolute biggest banger of the century with when Big Larry came just to put him down. SpongeBob turned into a clown and no girl ever wants to dance with the fool who ripped his pants. But the most important lines to focus on in this song. I thought that I had everybody on my side. Then I went and I blew it all sky high. And now she won't even spare a glance all because I ripped my pants. Be true to yourself. Don't miss your chance. And you won't end up like the fool who ripped his pants. Once Spongebob is done singing his little heart out, Sandy Cheeks comes up to him and says... SpongeBob, if you wanted to just be my friend, you didn't have to do all that. All you had to do was ask. SpongeBob and Sandy Cheeks make up and they become friends once again. And SpongeBob is no longer the fool who ripped his pants. Scene, thank you so much for sitting through that. I know you guys, if you're driving, you probably passed out from too much. There's too much excitement. That was probably really dangerous. I should have placed a disclaimer in there. 
I know, I know, I have that effect on people. I'm so sorry you had to sit through all that, but I don't regret it for a second. Nope, I'm keeping this in the show. Again, very ridiculous story to cover, but I do think there are some pretty solid takeaways you can get from SpongeBob SquarePants. And again, we're overanalyzing here, so let's focus on four major points that I want to take away from Rift Pants here about how we can combat embarrassment. What to do and what not to do when you're facing a situation that you can either be embarrassed or you can control your reaction and get back up and get going. Number one, there's a difference between being something that you're not and changing yourself for all of the wrong reasons. One, if not my biggest pet peeves, is when I hear somebody say, don't be something that you're not. You can be anything that you want to be. Let me say it one more time for the people all the way in the back. If you dedicate yourself to whatever you want to do, and I'm talking about just dedicating yourself to something that isn't harming anybody, you're doing it solely for you, and it's going to improve you. I'm telling you, if you put all you have into it, you will become what you want to be. I can guarantee you that. But what I want you to avoid is changing yourself for all the wrong reasons. And reason number one is changing yourself for people who, in all honesty, don't care about you. They want something from you, and if you change yourself to become something else, they will find themselves attracted to you for a short period of time. Maybe they're taking something away from you. Maybe it's your status. Maybe it's your monetary wealth. Maybe it's anything in between. But they do not like you for you, and they will be gone just as quickly as they came into your life. The second you try to do something just to impress somebody else, you're setting yourself up for failure. Number two is don't let embarrassment break your confidence. One of the most common times this will happen is when somebody is trying to put themselves out there. They're trying to go against the grain, do something that others are maybe too afraid to do or unwilling to do, and other people will just watch from the sidelines. And they will have an absolute field day tearing them down, bringing them back down to the level that they used to be at because other people just can't stand to see you succeed. Some people are so sad with their own lives that all they live for is tearing other people down and bringing them back down to their level because they can't see anybody breaking out of their mold. In that type of situation, it can get really easy to be embarrassed when people start to make fun of you because they don't understand what you're doing. They don't understand this urge that you have to be great in your respective field. They don't understand this urge that you have to change yourself into something better. You can't let those voices in to break you down. They will always be there. The more eyes that you have on you, the more it will come. It never, ever gets easier. But it's those who are the strongest that make it. It's those who are able to face failure time and time again. It's those who are able to face the brunt of embarrassment over and over again and smile and get back up every time that find themselves at the top. Be one of those people. Don't let these outside voices get to you. They're not worth your time. Kind of subpoint 2A, 3 here. It's only lame until you make it big. This kind of ties in points one and two right? I think the perfect example for this is being a theatrically trained actor. An actor who puts in the time in the theater, who actually loves the craft, is your stereotypical theater kid. 
my perfect example of this is Tom Holland. You know, uh, what's his stage name sometimes? Peter Parker. Spider-Man, I don't know, might have heard of him. You can't get much bigger than being Spider-Man. If you didn't know, Tom Holland is very theatrically trained. He was on Broadway. He was Billy Elliot. He took gymnastics classes when he was younger. He is a phenomenal gymnast. He does those stunts in Spider-Man. You're telling me that if Tom Holland grew up in the United States of America and he went to some random public school, that the local town bully wouldn't have had an absolute field day with Tom Holland, shaking him down for his lunch money every single day. I would take out a loan to bet on that, that that would have happened. Kids, when they're younger, kids, when they see somebody, again, going against the grain, they just can't stand to see somebody go against the grain and they feel the need to pick on them because they're so sad with their own lives that they need to bring other people down. Those are the types of situations where people will be like, oh, what he's doing is so lame. And then he makes it. And I guarantee in this hypothetical scenario, that same bully, let's say the bully's life didn't turn out the way that maybe the bully expected to, that bully's in the same local town bar telling stories from 15 years prior about how he was best buds with Tom Holland back in school. That's literally what Flash Thompson does in the movies. If you don't know, he's a character. He bullies Peter Parker. He literally bullies him in the hallways of his high school, and then he finds out that Peter Parker's Spider-Man, and he writes a book about how he used to be best friends with him. Those people are real. They will be there in your life to say, I used to know them. Oh, they were great. We had some great times back in the day. Meanwhile, they're trying to tear you down the entire time. Don't let those voices get to you. You know what you love. And if you love something, go for it. Absolutely go for it. Do not let a single voice deter you. Again, if it's not harming anybody, what's the harm in doing it? Now, this fourth point here is more of a little add-on, but I thought it was very fitting with the SpongeBob story in a whole. And it's knowing when you're crossing the line of going with the joke and being desperate. One of the best ways that you can combat embarrassment is going with the joke, right? Get back up off the floor and you're like, oh, you guys got me there. Oh, who ripped their pants? Or, oh, who, me? Yep, you guys got me. That was, that's a good one. Whoopsie. You get back up, you give the appearance, maybe you are bothered by it, but you're giving the appearance that it's not bothering you and you're just going with the joke. Then there's what SpongeBob did. He saw that everybody's laughing at him, but they're enjoying the laughter. So he's like, hmm, what if I kept going with this? This might be good. This is my time to shine. No, that is not what to do. Prime example that just recently happened in our modern cinemas, Morbius. If you're not familiar with Marvel, there's the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, like Iron Man, Thor. Then there's the little circle sub-universe. It's kind of like Pluto in the solar system. That's the Sony universe. Sony makes this movie called Morbius, The Living Vampire. Ah. Jerry Leto's the main star. And you could tell from the trailers it was going to be a stinker. And guess what? It was. People did not enjoy the movie for the right reasons. They enjoyed it because it was so bad that it was good. And the internet did what the internet did and made memes about it. And the one that completely took off was the person who said, I love the part of the movie where Dr. Michael Morbius said, it's Morbin time, as if he's a Power Ranger. And people ate that up, including Jared Leto and Sony themselves. They saw how much it was getting attention on the internet. And they were like, we could do two things right here. We can be in on the joke or we can take advantage of the joke. 
So Jerry Little starts off and he's in on the joke. He posts a video of himself reading the script for Morbius 2. It's Morbin time. That's a good knee slapper, Jared. You're in on the joke. That's awesome. Then Sony steps in and says, I'm going to one up you guys. What if we put this movie back into theaters so you guys can pay to watch the movie again? That's funny, right? No, not at all. They put it back into theaters and thankfully the people were like, "Uh uh-uh, not today, Sony. It made $300,000 after being re-released in about a thousand theaters. Made a decent bit of money, but in terms of movies, that's nothing. So applause to you guys for not giving in to Sony. That is crossing the line and being desperate. You're not in on the joke anymore. You're just trying to take advantage of the joke. And people realize that. They will sniff that out like a dog will sniff out anything you put its nose to. So let's bring it full circle, shall we? I had a great time at this wedding. And yeah, I incinerated, shredded, destroyed any other adjective you would like for my pants. They're gone forever. Did I let it defeat me for the rest of the night? No. I covered myself up, and like I said, I did my little shimmy out on the dance floor and just enjoyed myself. I wasn't going to let it deter me. I wasn't going to sit in the corner for the rest of the night and be like, oh my gosh. I can't believe I just did that. No. No. Sure, in the moment, I was the fool who ripped his pants, but now I kind of have a legendary story to tell at parties, and my kids, my cousin's kids, I'm going to be like, yeah, there was this time at your uh, your aunt or my cousin's wedding that, yep, that happened, and everyone's going to have a good laugh about it in the future. That's going with the joke. I have another wedding to go to very soon. Another family wedding. Going to be out on the dance floor. Let me tell you what's not on my agenda for this next wedding. Can you take a guess? It's ripping my pants. First of all, it's expensive. That's not a good hobby to have. I don't like expensive hobbies. Second of all, the night's not about me at all. I don't want the eyes on me. I want to be dancing out on the dance floor. And my goal is to get as many people out onto the dance floor as I possibly can so that wedding video looks sick. I want to start the party. I want to be the first one out there and everyone else can come on in. Like I said, it's my Zumba class. Come join. But no, I'm not ripping my pants again. I'm not going to be the ripped pants cousin. That's a really bad title to have. Like I said, it's all natural. We will always find ourselves in situations we did not expect to find ourselves in and we will be embarrassed. But it's our reactions that control the perceived narrative around the situation. Final takeaway I want to give you guys is never, ever let embarrassment keep you in that mold. Once you get stuck in that mold and you're afraid to break out of the shell, put yourself out there, go experience more things, and that's how you end up missing out on some of the finer and best parts of life. So take the chance. Thank you so much for checking out the show. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you may be getting the podcast from, please leave a rating. It's the best way that we can spread awareness about the show, help grow the community. Maybe there's somebody out there who has split their pants at a wedding and they need some support. Hey, come on into the community. If you're listening on YouTube, watching on YouTube, hit that comment button. Comment button. That's not a thing. Hit that subscribe button. Leave a comment down below. Hit that notification bell. I'm sorry. I'm messing up the cool YouTuber phrases. I'm doing game thank you so much for checking out the show it really means a lot to me if you want to be a part of the show you got any concerns queries quandaries anything in between hit us up in the comments section on youtube best way to reach out is a dm 
TikTok, Instagram, at a patch of the blue or on our website apatchoftheblue.com there's a submit a question button on there best way to reach out to me i always want to interact with you guys i love hearing from you it makes my day once again thank you so much for checking out the show until next time see you